0: This is Web Suasion Conversation, episode 36. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president and founder of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Jessica Walker of Momentum Transformations. Jessica is a certified integrative nutrition health coach, precision nutrition level one coach, and dragon boat paddling trainer based in Peachtree City, Georgia. She guides her clients into the best shape of their lives and establishes behavior so they stay that way. Today, Jessica tells us how much she loves working one-on-one with her clients. But there is only so much time in a day, and coaches like Jessica often find the only way to scale their business is to either bring on other coaches or hold live events for large crowds. But there is an even more scalable solution, and that is digital courses. And they aren't as complex, overwhelming, and costly as you might think. Here at Kapoka Studios, we design, produce, and implement digital courses for our clients allowing them to reach their clients worldwide, and their reach is only limited by their market. If you're a coach looking to scale your business, give me a call, Ryan Williams, 404-418-8909, extension 10, or email ryan at websuasion.com, that's R-Y-A-N at W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M. Now let's talk to Jessica Walker. Jessica, thanks for being on the show.
1: Very happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So did you grow up
1: in Georgia? I did not. Where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey.
0: Uh, Okay. (laughs) So how how long were you up north?
1: Well, I was born in Connecticut. We moved to New Jersey, the very northwest part of the state, when I was seven and went all through high school there. Ended up going to college in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Ah, like the song. Yep, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It was right when that song came out, too. That's (laughs) funny. (laughs)
0: Was um, it industrial, like, you know, like... It,
1: yeah, it was, you know, it was like the west part of Allentown, Muhlenberg College, a uh-huh. small little liberal arts, Lutheran college, you Gotcha. Know. Yeah. That's
0: where you went to college.
1: I started there, okay. yeah. And then the real estate market went a little bust in the mid-80s. mid, to mid 80s. Uh-huh. And my dad's business was tied to that. So he was like, ah, I can't afford to send you to school, <laughs> right. private school anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I, that was over the summer, um, like 1982 or 83. And uh, at the time, I was working as uh, summer help at Picatinny Arsenal, which is a Department of Defense research facility right by where I grew up. I asked if I could extend my summer into something else and went back to night school at a small school in Hackettstown, New Jersey.
0: What kind of work were you doing with them?
1: Accounting work and program and budget kind of stuff. Gotcha. And so yeah. I yeah, was in my twenties, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really fun working with those folks because I was basically their model. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so what they would do is they would do a lot of research and programs engineering for the soldiers who were in the field. So they would would dress me up in mop for, you know, (laughs) full protective gear with the boots and the mask and put me up on stage and say, okay, now try to talk through this mask or try to drink a sip of water through this thing, you know, just to demonstrate to the engineers, you know, right this stuff is totally impossible and <laughs> so make please it, do know, this better. This isn't <laughs> functional. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and I got to learn how to shoot mortars and all these things. I was going to say, they're and not shooting
0: at you, are they? No, no, no. Yeah. Test this out for us. It
1: was a really fun time. And, yeah. uh, and I eventually got another job at uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals working in their accounting department. When I left there, I was doing cost accounting and all the payroll for the whole facility. There's and, a
0: lot of pharmaceutical, I can't tell you how many guests we've had on that have been in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: and it's big in New Jersey, too. Yeah, so. yeah. And it took me seven years, but I did finish my bachelor's in accounting.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah. you actually have a bachelor's in accounting, but then... I do. Okay. And are, I are also you...
1: have my MBA. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up working in a CPA firm or something for a while? No, no, or was because it all I
1: was working for Pfizer, so I was in a factory setting. Yeah. So it was all doing costing work, rather. Gotcha. So And that's very forward-looking accounting versus... Yeah looking at past history and doing audit and taxes and and stuff. I didn't really have that opportunity to me unless I was going to travel into Manhattan, which I didn't want to do. Right. And uh, where I was working was really interesting work because it is future looking and, and making estimates and, you know, and then gathering up how the variables work out when, you know, it's all accepted and everything. So I took that with me when I I moved to California. (sighs) Oh, goodness, in the early 90s and lived out there for about seven years. And that's where I did my MBA as well. And and I ended up working for Pacific Bell Mobile Services, which is a very small little company. And we were the first organization to build a GSM network in North America. Wow. Yep, the very first one. And I was in the corporate office doing the cost accounting work for that as well. Yeah. So your
0: MBA was focused on accounting still? Yes. As well. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So what yep. moved you out of that industry and and, and into you and into uh, programming and stuff for a while, didn't you? Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. So then Pacific Bell Mobile Services was one of very small companies that was all under the umbrella of Pacific Bell, the like telephone right. company. Yeah. And so they had, you know, video and mobile services. This all in the, you know, like mid-90s. So right. all this stuff was just happening.
0: Web was just not coming around the no, corner. No, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... Email was a big deal. It yeah.
1: was a huge deal, yeah. right? And this is also the golden age of ERP systems yeah. mm-hmm. starting to come in. So you had Bond, which is no longer in existence, and Oracle, SAP. So what they were trying to do was create a shared services concept amongst all these little tiny spin off companies right? so that they didn't all have to have an accounting department, all have to have an HR, all have to right, have a legal right. kind of thing. So we had Ernst & Young come in, and I got chosen to be on the project team to work uh, with implementing a shared services concept with Oracle, doing project accounting, their project accounting module. Gotcha. Because it kind of fit in with what I did as costing. Yeah. That was really amazing experience, and I worked late nights alongside the consultants and really learned about what they do. And right. you know, and that at that point, there's no going to school for learning these systems. You have no. to be a real autodidact. You have to teach right. yourself.
0: Got to have some mentors and be pushed in the, in the right direction. You a sandbox and...
1: environment. And go and play yep. you know that kind still, of thing still like that yeah yeah. I yeah. mean there
0: are classes and stuff but still the only people that get good at things are the ones that just dig go in,
1: in there and play with it, play you know? with it yep. see what happens like, like I wonder if yeah. you know yeah yeah <laughs> and that's how you build your, you know your testing right because uh, you know hey this is a little quirk you know we always called it features never bug right <laughs>
0: But, <laughs> nice feature of this is it yeah. gives me the wrong value every time. Yes,
1: exactly. And then, <laughs> you know, but then you can trace back where it's happening exactly, from. Yeah. Right. So, and then Southwest Bell bought Pacific Bell okay, way back then. And they put the, a halt to all ongoing projects just so they could evaluate what was going on and I remember this distinctly. It happened we all got the notice on Cinco de Mayo oh, fine. so we all went and had margaritas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Celebrate, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, okay, we're halfway finished with this great project. We'll never get to see it.
0: So they just basically laid everybody off at that point? or?
1: Well, they let the consultants go. Obviously, yeah. I was an employee so but they right. were going to turn me back over to one of the divisions to go and count fixed assets mm, and that felt like fine. I <laughs> wanted to rather stick a dirty needle in my eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hung around, did that for a little while. And I said, you know, I really enjoyed working with the consultants and, right. and working with the software and, and, you know, helping people make decisions about things and do the best to, you know, keep things as vanilla as possible because the software was built to have best practices right. built into it, you know, so... I started talking to some of the consulting companies just to see what was going on, and I ended up taking a position with Capgemini America.
0: Are they oracle That was
1: per- That was an Oracle branch that I was going to. So I still remember my first client was in Shaker Heights, Ohio okay. at Pioneer Electronics. So you
0: jumped all over the place, yeah. New Jersey, California, Ohio, yep. Okay.
1: yep, so then I started traveling. So we go out, fly out on a Sunday night, Fly home on a Thursday, put in 40 hours in three and a half days. Right. Yep. It was wow. great. It was a whole team you of us. It, enjoyed the travel. Yeah. And at that time, it's not so much now. There's a lot more just people individually doing things or working remotely kind right. of thing. This was like a party. It was a part. It was a moving feast. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time to be implementing ERP systems nice. because... The client would be like okay they're paying all our hotel our food our airfare and we a whole group of us would just come and descend on wow on the client site and do our work and we would have our partner work with at the client side and and then us and it was huge amount of experimentation and finding out what's going on and learning the system. And we had this saying that, you know, as long as you're two chapters ahead of the client, you're doing great. Right. <laughs> so.
0: I imagine it was changing pretty fast then too. So you're it always, yeah. yeah. Well, how long did it take you to integrate a client like that? Would it be like a year long project or multi-year? Or? Six
1: months to a year, depending okay. on how big they were. Right. So we had one of our clients, this dresser Rand and they made, Big, giant turbines and stuff for the oil and gas industry. Right. That was a multi-year project. Yeah, yeah. Huge amount of stuff going on there.
0: Did you go from that to starting your own company with that? Uh, So then
1: I got to the point where I ended up changing over to KPMG Consulting just because, you know, it was higher Mm -hmm. salary. Right, right. Then... I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm reaching age 30. I had salary goals and education goals and things that I wanted to do before I was age 30, which I met all of them. Right. And I was like, okay, now what? You know, do I push really hard to try to make partner in this or do I want to get off the hamster wheel altogether and have a family? Right. You know, because, you know, time clock ticks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Not to get into all that, but I ended up getting off the hamster wheel and having a family and then had a second child as well, and so right around that time, my husband at the time came to me. By this time, he had been doing the same kind of work as me, Okay. and now they're starting to develop software products that would sit on top of existing ERP implementations, right? right? So all these bolt-on kind of things, mm-hmm. you know. So this one was all about credit and collections, trade promotions kind of thing for, on a business to business level, not okay. consumers, right? And he was really, really excited about this product that Oracle was creating and actually was working with some of the developers at Oracle headquarters in order to um, make sure that best practices were being built into this kind of thing. So he was part of that from the functional side, how to develop this kind of thing. And he brought it to his bosses at KPMG Consulting as well, which by that time had turned into Bearing Point.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, it is now defunct, I think, altogether. <laughs> but right. yeah, anyway, It was good while it lasted.
0: Scrap heap of, of technical companies. That yes. Come in
1: there, yeah. 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 So uh, he brought it to his bosses there and they weren't super excited about pursuing that opportunity. And, you know, because they felt like it was very niche, very, mm-hmm. you know, not a lot of things to do. So he was like, "No, no, no! I'm really, really excited about this." So he went out and got himself a client, came back to me. I'm had little one at home. I think one on the way. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> hey! I want to quit my job. We have a
0: company now. You know.
1: <laughs> I want to quit my job and do this. And and, and you know, at that time, it was it was easy to find work back then? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm like, okay, well, we have six months saved up, right, to cover expenses. You know, go for it. You have a client? Yeah, I got a client. And off when running, we were. <laughs> so, did that yeah.
0: put you into the business development seat, or what, what role did you do? So, end that was,
1: ended up being implementations. Okay. Right. So, still implementing, but just at this more interesting level. You yeah. know, we're not doing GL anymore, you know, right, and right. all that stuff, you know. it was was much more interesting it was about building um collection schedules and building you know uh, different credit limits you know depending and having it dependent on different things you know how fast does the customer pay or how regularly do they pay and being involved in all that it was very interesting
0: so how long did you guys do that
1: oh goodness we started that in 2004 2005 Mm -hmm. yeah and because I was home with the kids and I used my background in accounting, I ran all the back office stuff, right? right? So I obviously I was not going to be using an Oracle system to run our business because right, that's right. just way overkill. Uh, so I configured QuickBooks, made it use all the functionality in there for QuickBooks and yeah. ran it as a project accounting type QuickBooks situation because we were doing projects, uh-huh. um, so I just ran it like that and made sure that all the payroll was done every week, you know, and yep. billing, well, and you collecting had, you, invoices, and yeah.
0: You actually started didn't you do some consulting with QuickBooks for a while for some clients?
1: Oh yeah, I still will. Oh, okay. I absolutely will help people. If you have a new business or your books sort or of feels like you know you just like you're not using functionality properly, uh-huh. all that kind of thing, and I'll come in and hold your hand and say, hey, here's how it is. And
0: right, right. do we
1: need to complete reinstall or can we fix what's going on? Do you want to go back and fix history? Do you want to just do a cutoff date and move forward? You know, all these different ways of handling things.
0: Right. Have you messed with cloud at all or is it all desktop?
1: Oh, I love the desktop version. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cloud not a big sur- fan of yeah. cloud. <laughs> yeah, we're on desktop
0: as well. Like we have a lot of clients who just can't move over. So
1: much better functionality. Yeah.
0: They're improving the cloud, and but they, yeah. they kept threatening for so long to to kill the desktop versions, but they, they can't. Couldn't do People
1: it. would riot in the streets. Well, I
0: mean, they did try to. They claimed to kill the the Mac version, which is what we use, and yeah. uh, then they had to bring it back. They were yes. like, okay, yes. it's been three years. We haven't done a version. We'll, right. we'll do yeah. a new one. Yeah. So every three years, we're like, okay, yeah, we're good. And I just
1: ended up having two different laptops: one yeah. for Windows and one and my Mac, which I use most of the time. Yep. And I just keep all that financial stuff on my Windows machine. Yeah. If we
0: have to, that's what we'll do next. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so how did you go from all of that technical background mm-hmm. to what you do now, which is wellness?
1: Yes. Yes. So, understand that while I was in high school and college, and um, I was battling my own health issues uh-huh. at the time. Uh, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome at age 18, which, okay, I'm 52 now, right? 30-some years ago. yeah. Um, and back then, they really didn't know what caused it. It was in kind of a new diagnosis anyway. And okay. they said, well, we'll just fix you, put you on birth control pills, and send you on your merry way, which is not really fixing the root cause right. at all. And then as the years went on, through my 20s and then into my 30s, I kept looking at the research, right? So again, the internet wasn't really strong back then. It was really hard to do. But by the time I was 30, 31, 32, the internet was getting more robust and I could do those kinds of searches. And I was also living in Center City, Philadelphia, so there was good access to the University of Pennsylvania, different kinds of people who were in the medical profession there. And discovered that the root cause of it is actually insulin resistance. Okay. Right? So, um, I knew all about insulin resistance because my own father went through blood sugar problems and his father was diabetic Uh, and all that. So, you know, obviously runs in the family, like classic textbook case, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, it had been in my environment growing up to be on low-carb diets at one point or another because when atkins came out in 1972 my dad went right on it and had great results kind of thing so that's always been in my in my environment and just knowing about it so when they when i started seeing stuff linked to insulin resistance and blood sugar problems, like ha i know what to do for that (laughs) so
0: the atkins which is now kind of morphed into what yeah, is paleo and keto, keto and all these yeah. kinds
1: of things right so the atkins induction phase is basically what keto is today gotcha yeah
0: okay i, I did atkins for a while like way way back in the 90s but right yeah so i, I didn't even realize until recently that they were actually similar yeah that's yeah. like
1: the atkins induction kick you off phase get get you right. moving get your you know your your spirits up cuz you're seeing movement to where you're seeing you know immediate results kind of thing but then in Atkins they want you to go up this ladder of you know add back in things to see where your threshold is right <laughs> basically i had no threshold <laughs> so
0: no sugar at all huh none <laughs> okay wow
1: yeah and as the years have gone on now i've been doing this oh goodness almost 18 years now Every year, something else has healed in me, right? So I've become a lot more metabolically flexible versus where I was when I started out, right. right? So everybody's like, oh, that's a fad thing. Well, it's really not. When you've abused your body for so long, you need to push that pendulum way in that one direction. But then as you heal, yeah, you know, you can start coming back to that middle ground kind of thing. Now, I still very much watch what I'm eating. Yeah. But every once in a while... You know, I'll I will bit. venture out <laughs> and have small excursions into <laughs> a little piece
0: of cake now <laughs> into and then or car something. bland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, a lot of times the next day I feel like a truck ran over me. I'm like, okay. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And but and you change with age too anyway. Yes, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't even have a beer now without feeling terrible oh, the next day That's
1: just <laughs> awful. I know. <laughs> but, Getting old. But again, you become the PhD of you.
0: Right? Yeah yeah exactly. everybody's a little different, yeah. so at what point did you go into business with with that you did I mean that right. obviously worked for you for a while. How long were you? yeah, doing? so
1: that actually I started doing it in order to regain my fertility, yeah right, so that was you know when my son is nineteen now, okay, so that was all that way back then. That's when I first started doing it, and they weren't allowing people back then to go on things like metformin when I was having my first child. So I put my own self on an ultra, ultra low carb diet. And the doctor at the time put me on Clomid, which is a follicle stimulating drug. They only allow you to go through at the time, I don't know what the rule is now, but six rounds of that Uh before they say, okay, we're gonna bump you up to the next level of fertility intervention. Right, right. So on round number five, (laughs) 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 something stuck. Yeah. And by the time I was ready to have another, they were permitting metformin usage gotcha. in, for PCOS and people who aren't technically diagnosed as diabetes. But now, if you're presenting with PCOS and any of those kinds of things, you're already diabetic. Right. You know.
0: It's just you're not you're not getting the, yeah. the symptoms of it. You're
1: Right. You're not getting yeah. the blood sugar spillover, <clears throat> right. but the intense levels of insulin resistance has already dictated that you're diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I went on met Foreman and boom, right away.
0: So right away after I guess so this would have been while you you, you raised the kids while you were running that other business for a while. At what point mm-hmm. did you go? Okay, this is my full time gig now.
1: Right. So and how scary was that? <laughs> so then we moved down here. Oh goodness, in 2007, okay. and I was still like pretty, you know, big and whatever, and right. I wasn't, you know, I was. Being pregnant and feeding babies for years on end and self-weaning. And, you know, people can argue with me about that, but it worked for us, right. <laughs> you know. Um, then we moved down here to Georgia from from just outside Philadelphia and New what, Jersey. What brought you here? The business. He okay. was traveling a lot to Doing client sites. Doing stuff yeah. And, well, not that. It was more about Philadelphia International Airport. Didn't have as many direct flights to places right. he needed so to you go. Get the hub
0: here. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. So it turned out I had someone who subcontracted for me when I was doing consulting work still lives here in Peachtree City, uh-huh. and I called him up. I said, "Hey, Jeff, we're thinking about coming down to check it out. Are you still here?" He's like, "Oh yeah, come on!" And you know, of course, golf cart. we uh, yeah, yeah, fell yeah. in love. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole Peachtree City. The whole uh, vibe. thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 So it felt really attractive at the time, and. So we ended up moving and building a house in tyrone and but of course you have to change your driver's license over don't you yeah <laughs> yes so I, you know trundled my big self down to the <laughs> 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 to the you know, dmv which is what they call it in new jersey i don't I forget what they call it here dds or something
0: we we still use dmv it's the dmv yeah, it'll always be I mean, the dmv yeah. yeah
1: and you know, you have to fill out the form and height. Yeah. Eye color, hair color, all that, and it gets to my weight. And so, okay, I had to put at five foot three. I had to put one hundred and seventy pounds, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I can't blame this on baby weight because she's four years old now. Right. Yeah, this is my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to own this, but of course, I went home was so sad and so you know disappointed in myself that I did the most logical thing ever, which is within a month's time, I ate myself another fifteen pounds heavier. Uh huh. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what D- you do. Depression will do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Yes. And then, so that was October, went into November, Thanksgiving comes, and I'm like, I can't fit in my clothes. Yeah. And I haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. This is not good. It's a rough time so of I, said, year anyway. I had a long, hard talk with my bad self and uh, decided I was going to just do the easy stuff. Eliminate white food uh-huh. and sugary drinks. Drink
0: juices, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cokes. Yep.
1: That was good for thirty pounds.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what that'll do. How quickly that
1: will—you
0: mm-hmm. can drop ten, fifteen pounds just by stop drinking anything but water and coffee. Yes,
1: know? non-caloric beverages yeah. exactly. Um, so then, by then, it was the springtime. The weather was warming up, and I was my weight loss was slowing down. And I was, you know, still too big, yeah. and um, I would drop my kids at their Montessori school here in Fayette County. Yeah. And right up the road was Kenwood Park. And yep. I would just go and walk the track. And then eventually. Every day. Every, day, yeah. every school day. Yeah. yeah. And eventually I got to the point where like, I think I could try jogging. So I would jog a lap and walk a lap and jog, you know, just yep. progression, progression, progression. And listen to my music or podcasts or whatever. And just do it. Yeah. You know, like I've dropped the kids and go directly do that. It became a habit. So then. Then after 18 months, it was 65 pounds. Cool. And I made every mistake in the book, went down every rabbit hole, all that. So people were watching me and I kept keeping it off and keeping it off and keeping it off. And so they started saying, hey, how did you do that? Can you help me? And I said, sure, but... I don't want to get in trouble.
0: (laughs) Okay. What are, like, as far as that goes, what kind of certifications are required? Yeah. I guess state by state is different, too. So Georgia's
1: known as a red state when it comes Uh to stuff like what I do, health coaching. Um, I'm not permitted to be prescriptive with people. Yeah. I can't say, here's your numbers, and eat only this, and don't eat that, or whatever. And, like, I can't do that. I can teach you how to do it for yourself.
0: How to figure it out. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, it's figurable right. if you want to go on the internet and figure out how to do that. Or you can just have me show you right. that kind of thing. Um, and then I can't get in trouble for that because I'm like, yeah, I'll teach you how to do it. And then you establish your baseline. And then we tweak every week. Right. How's so it's this Education, working? How's
0: not like, a plan. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Not prescriptive. I don't say, eat you know, certain kind of thing or whatever else. I say, well, what makes you feel good and what makes you feel like hell? And keep mm-hmm. a journal. and watch your own self.
0: How long of, uh, do you need to keep a journal and that kind of stuff before you start really seeing those patterns?
1: A few weeks a month. Okay. So it comes and pretty quick. Yeah. It does. You start learning. Yeah. People understand, wow, things with lots of flour and sugar and
0: uh, right.
1: I don't feel so good.
0: When you went off in that direction, mm-hmm. um, what was the process of getting certified yes. to the point so where
1: so I said, well what's out there? You know, you know, and then, when then you open your heart to things, things start to arrive on your front door. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's law of attraction. You start living as if mm-hmm. um and so this school, um the IIN, which is Institute of Integrative Nutrition, they're uh-huh. out of New York City. And it was a year long program to be part of that and they taught you over a hundred different dietary theories and wow. how to work with people and how to, you know, just learn how to engage and, you know, have somebody sitting in front of you and just shut my mouth and listen to them. So this wasn't right? specifically
0: just ketogenic. This no, no, was no. Everything. no.
1: It was, I learned about everything, right? Yeah. I have my own bias because I know it worked for me. Sure. And that became what my niche would be, yeah. right, is working with people who are interested in you that. You can
0: identify the, the client yeah. and, you know, totally, yeah, yeah, and you know how to, how to right. do it. How so, the their mind works and exactly <laughs> issues, yeah. And,
1: and things that come up, you know, that could be, you know, potholes for them in the yeah. road and, and speed bumps kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, that's what I did. I went and did that. Um, so, that was three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Doing that. And, and then my personal life kind of blew up. Right. Right. For various reasons. That's a whole other talk, other <laughs> podcast. whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> how to survive something like that. Yeah. Um, and on purpose, I I toned down my business like way, way down. The
0: the wellness business part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. But how, I mean, how many clients had you built up to that point? And oh, how long goodness. did that take you? I mean, cause that's kind of like you're starting from scratch. and Totally
1: from scratch and it was yeah. word of mouth and yeah. kind of thing. So I had like 10 different clients yeah, over the course of a year, you know, and it was not meant for me to grow an empire. That right. was not it at all. It was about yeah. me being of service.
0: And you're not trying to bring on other people underneath you? Or oh, anything no, no, like no. That. Yeah, it was no. Just, no, no,
1: yeah. no. I'm not. And that was to all re- staff get, or anything, yeah.
0: Did you get a lot of that through referral networking? And I mean, I know you're heavily involved in well, a lot of different. Well, now I am. Okay, at right? the time you did? At the time, I wasn't aware oh,
1: okay. of PowerCore or anything else. Yeah. Um, it was just word of mouth, people I was friends with on Facebook, that kind of thing, and, and the different kinds of groups I would hang out in, and on, right. you know, online kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So.
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. So now you, you've gone through a little bit of a rebranding. Yes. You went through mo- from momentum uh, wellness, wellness to transformations. momentum transformations now. Yeah. So what is the the reason for that branding change and what are you moving towards now?
1: Yeah. So it was more about, I was finding that just the wellness thing felt a little vague and even transformations those too. but it really speaks to what happens to people. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, one's a noun and one's an action.
1: Exactly. Exactly, and it implies that it's something that is ongoing.
0: Right, it's a it's a constant and back and forth. Find yeah. new
1: ways to, to engage with your environment. Yeah, um, and pe- if you're feeling good, you're willing to take on more things. Right, right.
0: But you're also moving into the actual exercise and mm-hmm. training, right?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Coaching for the
1: absolutely. For the longest time, I had real trouble trying to integrate my love of, of Dragon Boat, Uh which is what I found through the Rotary Club, my service work through Rotary Club and the nutrition stuff, right? right? Like, how do you integrate that? So there has to be something that's, that's, that's making that bridge. And, um, again, so like the, well, the nutrition stuff, that was a door of opportunity knocking on me. yeah, Right. And again, I was listening to people listening and they question that would come up time and time again is are you a personal trainer right and i would have to honestly say no i'm not i'll teach you how to paddle right (laughs) you know as far as getting you in the squat rack and Uh i know what i do right but that doesn't mean that i'm qualified to tell you what to do so again qualifications i don't want to get in trouble let's do this the right way kind of thing and you know so, based on that, um, this past year, I decided to en- enroll in the ISSA, okay. which is Inter- international sports organization, and they have a beautiful training program for a personal trainer. Um, and that would help me bridge my love of physical activity. And in Dragon Boat, I mean, anybody can, can come and do it, but eventually, if you want to be competitive, you, you got to get your body in order, right. right? So it's what you eat and how you move um so that's i'm really excited about that and the other thing about dragon boat is that any age any skill level anybody can do this and what i really loved about the issa enrollment was that after i got my personal trainer certification which is like their you know entry level thing i can take on more specializations so the one i'm going for after It's due in May when I turn in my portfolio for that, Uh is for senior citizen fitness. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. And that's, I think, the thing that is really going to really integrate everything that I'm doing and what I'm about.
0: Right. Yeah. And and Peachtree City is a great, Fayette County, great area for that too. Retirement communities. Yeah.
1: Because when I see, I see people in their 70s and 80s yeah. coming to festivals and competitions. And people are living longer. And competing and, at the world level even. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: so go back and talk about yeah. Dragon Boat a little bit. Like, if you're not familiar with the Rotary Club, is it specific to Rotary Club? I know no. it doesn't come from that, but I know, is it just something that... It's that, worldwide. Right. So, yeah. but I mean, worldwide, do they do it through Rotary Clubs or is it...
1: They can do. It's not, necess- not necessarily necessary. tied to that. No. But,
0: but you're very heavily involved with the Rotary Club and yes. you guys do a festival every year, which we do. is Dragon Boats and...
1: So, yeah, so it's the fourth Saturday of September okay. every year. Um, we, this year will be our 13th year okay. doing our festival. There's other Rotary clubs that, actually one in Canada. I went to over the summer. They've been going for 20 some years doing it, but, um, Dragon Boating as a sport. It's 2000 year old tradition. Uh And it's really like a fertility festival kind of thing, right? But then as a sport, it came out. Vancouver Island, there's a doctor there whose wife was a breast cancer survivor. And at the time, this is in the 70s or 80s, Mm -hmm. women who underwent breast cancer surgery... We're told oh you can't exercise you can't do anything but then you have all this lymphedema happening because if they take your lymph nodes out you're going to get huge swelling in your arm and they have these sleeves special sleeves to put on all these things right stuff, yeah. i'm sure a lot of us have seen women walking around like that they were told no oh, don't exercise and everything and this doctor was like mm, that's wrong right and you want something that's you know repetitive but not something where you're going to drop a weight on your foot right. or get an injury, and it's something that you can do even if you know, you're know you not in peak physical fitness, all that kind of thing, which these women are. Yeah. So he ended up with his wife creating a team of breast cancer survivors in Vancouver in Canada, and they went on. They're still going. This team is still going. Wow. It ended up not just the physical activity, but also that camaraderie. That sisterhood that you build when you have people who are in their journey. Right. So, where you are, you can have someone who's farther along than you, someone who's just starting, who you can be a mentor to. Right. All that kind of thing. In addition, you're outdoors, you're breathing fresh air, you're getting movement that's repetitive, but not, you know, where it's going to lay you out. Right. Kind of thing. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew. So, that's like this huge connection with the breast cancer survivorship community uh-huh. and, and the sport now because of that the sport i'll i want everybody to do it and everybody can if they just have the remotest interests and yeah. i'll pull you out of the front seat of your car if you're sitting in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> come on <laughs> um so you're gonna any con- fitness level can do it
0: you're gonna continue on with that oh um, yeah even after you start training Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's all it's, it'll all be integrated. It's all part of the part of the same ideal, which is help people find their inner badass. Right. Right. We all have that little flame in us, and even when I was going through my my personal stuff, um, that little tiny tiny flame was the last bit of me to be almost snuffed out. Right. And I had people in the Dragon Boat community. Who were just so encouraging and so, you know, fan the flame. <laughs> Man, come on, Jesse, you can do it. Don't give up your dragon boat. Yeah. That's the one thing that's saving you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It saved my life. Yeah. The sport it gives it did. you something to
0: focus on. And, and yeah.
1: And then it just grew and grew. So, you know, in the Rotary Club here in Petrie City, luckily nobody else wanted to vie for my position. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know, drag equipment around and get dirty and. <laughs> Dig ditches and, right. you know, and get people out on the lake and, and coach them. And I, and I now go to my own training camps it's where I get coached. Yeah. Uh, Cause if I'm a coach, there's absolutely no reason I shouldn't be being coached by someone else. Right. right? Cause that means I don't believe in the, like, why am I coaching? So if how that,
0: far do you travel for dragon boat stuff?
1: Oh, I've been to Canada, went to Puerto Rico. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Arizona. I uh, have opportunities to go to California. Florida is where my training camp is, and yeah. you just meet the most beautiful people who have that same drive. you know, yeah, and then yeah. there's a the camaraderie i I've not been on things like going to nationals or worlds, although my cousin does uh, uh-huh. and she's in Vermont, but I love going to festivals where it's just community minded things and one boat's short a few paddlers and everybody else, oh I'll help you you know, yeah, just, yeah. you know. It's it's all about, you know, the love of paddling and being with each other and making friends.
0: And you play yeah. tennis a great deal I as do. well, right? Yeah. So competitively, right? Yeah. So tell me about that. Like how long you've been doing tennis.
1: <laughs> uh, well so I started that when I was forty. So when we okay. moved here, uh, I needed something to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause it was he was away all week, the kids were finally in school and I'm home. I'm right. Like, okay, what am I gonna do? So, oh, wow, ladies play tennis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have lunch. So
0: <laughs> And then got seriously into it because you yeah. started going to, to uh yep. competitions, right? State,
1: so. Yep, state championships. Um even made it to to sectionals last year, did that and I just fell in this amazing group of women. Yeah. And we are like a family. Yeah. So
0: are you thinking about at some point doing some tennis coaching as well as part no. of your your training? No. No.
1: No, that's my thing. <laughs> that's your. And I have my own coaches who coach me. Yeah. And that's my way to get my cup filled. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, when you have a new client that you're onboarding, mm-hmm. uh tell me about like what they can expect, what kind of services you provide.
1: Yeah, so So now I have, um, I did an an additional nutrition certification last year through Precision Nutrition, and that's a big company. They're out of Toronto, Canada, but they're worldwide. The thing I loved about them is that they're like, right on the cutting edge of all the science. They're really, really good. But their concept is not so much, what are you putting on your plate, but what are all the underlying habits? Yeah. So it's habit-based and client-centered versus, Nutritionist level stuff, right? Which eh, it's boring. Right. <laughs> I'm more interested in what motivates a person, right? To make the choices they do. Now, when people come in and onboard with me, they'll pay their bill. Mm-hmm. They can choose to pay me, you know, for the full amount when they'll, they'll get a 10% savings, or they can be have their card charged monthly okay. and they can choose from various levels and each level that costs more involves more personal contact with me.
0: One-on-one, yeah. yeah, time.
1: Um, but so, you but, can do a
0: lot of that remotely too, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah do it over Zoom and, you know, I record those sessions every one-on-one session I have with someone so they have it and they right. can go back and listen. Oh, that's good. I love that because I'm not trying to take notes. We're just yeah. having a conversation. Yeah, and yeah. And then they can go back.
0: Probably more useful than face to face sometimes. Yeah, it yeah. can
1: be. Yeah. So what they'll get is they'll get invited to create an account in my the software that I'm partner with Precision Nutrition. It's called Pro Coach. Uh huh. And they create an account and then they're asked to fill out a questionnaire. It's about eighty different questions. Okay. And I say I press upon them, please be honest, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because your answers it's in the questionnaire yeah. will determine how like your Quick Start guide gets generated. Yeah. So. They get a quick start guide that's generated and um, it gives them a chance between when they're doing it and the following Monday to look at, I I don't teach people at that point how to calculate their numbers because that's like out of three different levels of clients, I would say, that's like level two. Okay. Yeah, level one people are like- Just get started. Let's just get started, (laughs) right? And so I teach them how to use the size of their own hand, uh-huh. right? right, to the, determine the deck of
0: cards, kind of. Right. Thing with yeah, the,
1: So know. when I gave a talk over at Fayette Senior Services about exactly how do I determine what I put on my plate, like what's right for me. So luckily there was a very large man and tall man in the audience. So I walked up to him during the talk and I put my hand up and I said, Hey, put your hand up to mine. Yeah. And then we turned to the audience and I said, Which one of us needs more food? <laughs> <laughs> and all the light bulbs are like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you use the side and different portions of your hand to determine what types of things to put on your plate. Gotcha. And how many of them. So based on that, the quick start guide will help you with that the two to three portions of a palm per meal or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: And does it do exercise as well? Or yes. It? Yep. Okay. So
1: there's an exercise component. So based on your answers in that questionnaire, it will determine for you. Uh, it can go anywhere from somebody who's completely sedentary and possibly elderly. Yeah. Um, all the way through the spectrum where you have maybe chronic or an acute injury of a, like an upper limb or a lower limb uh-huh. or your back or an exercise induced kind of a issue and it will modify things for you that way all the way through to I'm going to put on massive amounts of muscle and be in a bikini on stage. Right. Right. So there's all in, you know, all that based on your answers, the thing will spit out a recommendation.
0: And do you reevaluate every like quarter? Oh, yeah, or I ask yeah. them
1: all the time. Like, how are you? In fact, I have a client now. She's like, okay, I didn't realize this is my, I, my work life just got, really busy right yeah. at the same time as I sign up with you. And I said, okay, I'm not about push you off the cliff all or nothing. That's never my style, yeah. ever treat somebody that way. I'm all about, can you dial it up, dial it down? Where yeah. are you in life? Right. So with her, I said, okay, we're going to dial you down to the sedentary one.
0: Do you find a lot of your clients are business owners and, and entrepreneur types? Mm,
1: it's, a, it's a big range. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really say that that's a determining factor. Yeah. yeah so. I just
0: I, I, like cuz I know, I mean, for myself and mm-hmm. every entrepreneur I know, that's what happens is the business ends up taking precedence over your own health a lot of times, right. which is for the long term which right. is going to make a it lot worse. of
1: us have this all or nothing, I must be perfect kind of mindset. Right. And I'm here to say you don't need that. Yeah. Right, it's okay to dial back as long as you're intentional and, and mindful of it. Right, and that's why the habit-based stuff is so valuable because it's like at this very meta foundational level yeah. where you can take like the first few habits and apply them no matter what you're presented with in life. Yeah, it's Buffet usually, a, of dessert, so it's usually what? a guilt
0: thing. Like either <laughs> you're, you're guilty for eating, you yeah. know, whatever you ate, or you're guilty right. for not so, working. Right. So, and out
1: I'll and... give you my first my first habit. I always give out for free to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all like, is that all you got? That is so simple. And and then they try it and they say, Oh, this is really pretty hard. So my first habit that I give to people is eat more slowly. Okay. Sounds so simple, right?
0: Let's your uh lets your brain catch up with your stomach, huh? Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Don't do it while you're watching TV. Like uh-huh. really absorb the entire experience of the meal. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not telling you eat less, but oh, guess what happens? Guess what happens? I, I what happens? tell you it would
0: be om- near impossible for me. <laughs> like I, but what it happens would take a lot is of work. Yeah.
1: people end up eating less and I never said to do that.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Right? Their own body tells them. Right. Right? So it's at that really foundational level. So if you only had that one habit and take it for the whole rest of your life and just do that, you would have amazing, amazing results.
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: And there's 24 habits.
0: 24 of those. Yes. And they're all simple?
1: They're all simple. (laughs) Just like that. There you go. (laughs) The one that really trips people up is drink only non-caloric beverages. Uh And they're like, oh, that's easy. I I don't drink sugar soda or whatever. I said, yeah, but you have wine with dinner, don't you? Mm -hmm. And vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And a beer at Super Bowl. They're like, oh, yeah. I said, but it's just two weeks. Try it out. Yeah. See how it works for you. S- really honestly do it. See what comes up. And some people are like, I really can't give up my wine. I said, okay, if you're drinking a bottle a night, can you drink only three quarters of it or only half of it? Right. Right. Yeah. What are you ready, willing, and able to do? I'm never here to shove you off the cliff and say fly when you have no wings. Gotcha. It's those habits that build the skills. And then when you have the skills you just do them and guess what your goals magically appear that's cool (laughs) yeah
0: do you have any recommendations for someone who's going into business and is working like one-on-one with clients whether they're consulting or training or whatever they're doing is there anything that you would have done differently maybe or sooner or um or any kind of like pitfalls
1: i would say and this is coming from an accounting background person is have your things set up before you have your clients even your first client come have your have your processes and your systems your little forms your intakes like how you're going to manage this um how you're going to collect money Uh and make it easy for the person to pay you
0: kind of give yourself policies and make it very clear yes
1: set up your framework and have those buckets ready uh, and all that and even like test it out find a guinea pig right right? (laughs) your sister your yeah, yeah. whatever let's okay try we're, let's try this out so then when you have a real client even if it's your first one they're never gonna know right right
0: yeah yeah looks like you've been doing it for looks years. like
1: you've been you're like professional you've got things happening And in this day and age there's so many different ways and apps like you build and yeah. things like that no obviously someone just starting out may not know what what app they would need right or if at all a lot of times, a paper system is just fine, but we can yeah. take payments like PayPal or Stripe or whatever. No all, you know, yeah. all that. Yeah. There's all kinds of different ways make it easy for your client to engage with you.
0: Yeah,
1: and that include that means that you have to be presenting yourself professionally, and you know, having access and using technology wisely, and have that all set up ready to go. So when they f- the first client comes your buckets and where your, you know, your feather beds are there ready to receive them.
0: Yeah. And you can do all that in a weekend these days. I mean, it used to be much more difficult in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed this opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting network. Be that Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And we're also on YouTube. Please check out our channel if you go to our website, websuason.com. And at the top, you'll see some social media icons. Third from the right is the YouTube. Click that then click the subscribe button, and then click on the bell icon, and you'll be notified every time we post new videos. We take video excerpts from the interview sections of this show and post about two a day. They're great things to share across your LinkedIn and Facebook feed, and it's great business information to share with your prospects and clients to keep you top of mind. Next week on the show, we have Amber Dawson of the Long-Term Care Planning Group. Amber has worked as a travel agent, an executive administrator, and run an event coordination business. She is now a paraplanner at the Long-Term Care Planning Group, teaching clients the benefits of long-term care insurance coverage and matching them with the best carrier and solution. We look forward to that, and we hope you'll join us. Until then, have a productive work week.